Hey there, SLP. You are listening to this podcast, so I know that you love to listen to podcasts. And if that is the case, then I know that you are going to love my secret private podcast, Secondary Secrets for SLPs. It's six short episodes that will have you walking away feeling refreshed and inspired and ready to take on those challenging secondary speech students. So if you work with grades four through 12 and are in a planning rut or wanting some fresh new ideas to keep your students motivated, make sure you head to speechtimefun.com slash secondary secrets. You are not going to find this podcast in your iTunes podcast search browser. You can only get access by going to that link. So head to it now. It is six short episodes that you can listen to it in under an hour, like totally Netflix binge-worthy. I made this just for you, and I know you are going to love it. SLPs have been telling me already that it has changed their way for working with their older speech students. So head on over, again, to speechtimefund.com slash secondarysecrets, or use the link in the show notes, and I can't wait to hear what you think. Now let's head on to this week's episode of SLP Coffee Talk. Welcome to SLP Coffee Talk, the podcast designed exclusively for speech-language pathologists who work with older students, grades 4 through 12. I am your host, Hallie Sherman, your SLP behind Speech Time Fun, the Speech Retreat Conference, and the SLP Elevate Membership. And I'm thrilled to bring you conversations, strategies, and insights that will give you the jolt of inspiration that you need. Whether you're tuning in during your morning commute, on a break in between sessions, or even during a well-deserved relaxation time, I am here for you each and every week. Let's do this, SLPs. Hey, hey, and welcome to another episode of SLP Coffee Talk. I know you listening might be brand new SLPs, maybe just finishing grad school, or maybe just starting grad school, and it's quite some time since I've done that. So I decided to bring on a special guest, Michelle Lee here. Welcome to the show. Hi, everyone. Thank you so much, Holly, for having me. Of course. Tell everyone a little bit about your journey to what you are up to right now. Yeah, of course. So just a quick little backstory. Uh, my mom was an SLP, so that's just how I initially got introduced to the field. And I just went right into undergrad for uh, CODS and then straight into grad school after that. And I just graduated this past May uh, with my master's and awaiting my license to my one. That's amazing. Congratulations. Yeah. That is Thank so, so you. amazing. Thank you. Where do you hope to be working and doing your CFY? So I'm doing my CFY at a pediatric private practice. Um, it was actually a place that I interned at in my last year in my grad program. So I got to get a feel for this new setting because I was used to the schools before. And I also got to meet CFs there too and got to, you know, talk with them and see how the process is and how they enjoy uh, the clinic. And I saw that they were having really good experiences. So I decided to apply when my time came and yeah, that's where I would be going. Amazing. Yeah. What made you decide private practice versus school? So I was interested in testing out different areas, like including the hospitals. I was really interested in the topic of dysphagia. So when it came time to grad school and I was able to kind of choose and put in preferences of where I wanted to be placed for my uh, practicums, 
I realized it was like a huge pressure to do the hospitals because, you know, it's kind of new for us grad students and everyone was like, oh, I want to try this and that. And I came to a point where I was like, I don't want to like put all my eggs in one basket. I just want to like try kind of feel for all the different settings. So I kind of shifted my brain to trying private practice because my experience at the schools, it was just chaotic for me. And I've heard a lot of stories of, you know, maybe not having the best admin team, having the best like advocacy with the principals and things like that. So my mind was just a little bit weary. And that was just my experience. I know there's a lot of other people, a lot of my friends who are going in the schools and kudos to them. I just, I'm not sure how, if I will thrive in like the chaos and, and, you know, having so many sessions, like 15, 20 minutes, you know, things like that. So when I was able to try the private practice setting, I saw how intentional I, I could be with my clients. So it was like an hour for individual sessions and, you know, versus the schools where it was like 15, 20 minutes, get the kid in and out of class. So having that hour session was a big change uh, for me. It was how to get used to it, of course, like, you know, having to figure out what lesson plans and what materials to use. But I ended up really loving it and also adding in that the parent counseling part of it, coaching, where they were sit in session, which was intimidating at first. But as time went on, I kind of had to go on my comfort zone and I saw how beneficial it was for the parents to be in the session. So they can also implement what we teach the kids at home too. So seeing all those components kind of come together and, you know, with this whole new experience being grad school, I was like, I really enjoy this kind of kind of slow, but really intentional process of, of you know, teaching the, the child. I love it. Yes. I love it that you saw what you liked. So it, yeah. what you didn't like and didn't want to be <laughs> and wasn't afraid to go after it and to not just do what everyone else was doing, what everyone else was saying to do. Mm-hmm. That's so often yeah. we do find that. Right. We have a lot of listeners who are probably that are in grad school right now, maybe mm-hmm. exiting grad school. Those that are listening that are in graduate school right now, what advice would you give to someone who is feeling overwhelmed, mm-hmm. unsure, uncertain of themselves? What would you say to them? Mm-hmm. Yeah, there is definitely some times where I did get overwhelmed just by... I mean, the, real- the reality of grad school is just there's a lot thrown at you. And luckily with my program, our professors allowed us to, you know, voice if we had any concerns and they would kind of check in on with us about how we're doing and kind of, you know, push back or, you know, they would be able to be in tune with us on, on that uh, area. But for those who do feel like overwhelmed, because it is a lot, I constantly had to reassure myself that this was where I was meant to be at that time. And I was with my cohorts, all girls. So we were with, I was with 23 other great um, classmates who I was able to depend on and grow with. And I also used that as a great support system for when I did have like tough moments when we did kind of, we were like confused what was going on. We would help each other out. So really branch out and take advantage of that community that you have while you have it. Cause I know in the real world, it's not going to be as easy to have. So just grabbing that support as much as you can and also just reminding yourself that this is where you're meant to be and to really embrace the hardships and also, of course, you know, celebrate the victories and the accomplishments. And yeah, just really being in tune with yourself was something that I really had to learn how to do in the chaos of it all at times. 
I mean, it was a long time ago, but I just remember wanting to be a sponge. I was like, I'm paying for this. I want to know yeah, everything exactly. that like they yes. can teach me while I am here. Exactly. Uh, <laughs> exactly. Yeah, my, yeah, it's an investment. Right. At what would you say to someone who's saying, okay, but I have, I am working, you know, doing my practicums all day, mm-hmm. classes all night. Yeah. How do I have time to do it all? What are some things um, that you did to survive? Yeah, I was really big on organizing and planning as a practical answer to that question. There was a time where it was my first year, our clinicals, the, how our schedule worked was that our clinicals kind of progressed as the program went on. So in the first semester, it was just one client for an hour, once a week. The second semester, it was your full time at a setting for two days a week, which doesn't sound that a lot, but during that, I'm also taking like full time classes. So that was like my, I think that was my most stressful, burnt down, chaotic semester, I would say. So during that time, I had to really learn how to plan my assignments, my lesson planning in advance and just kind of, you know, fight through it. And also with planning, I was also able to plan out my rest days and, and see what I had ahead, what I can kind of, you know, break down as the week went on and give myself that rest time. So that was a really great practical way for me to, you know, stay organized, stay calm as best I could. And again, like I had that great support from my friends and we were able to like go through it together and and really depend on one another. I must ask, did you find it was competitive to find jobs? Were you all looking for the same positions? Were you looking at the same places? How'd that fall out? (laughs) Yeah, that's a great question. Just the environment of my cohort, I was really blessed with people who are just, we just work together. We want the best for one another. And I'm generally like so proud of all my friends who are accomplishing all that they have. Competitive wise, no. I mean, people would like ask each other, oh, you got this school district interview. How was that? Like, would you recommend? And they would openly share like their experience. And I would do the same when people would ask me. Most of my friends are going to the school districts and some of them are kind of coupling up, like two of them are going the same district and things like that. So it's nice to see that we're all, you know, still collaborating, still going to be in each other's realm. But yeah, it wasn't like a negative competitive environment. It was just like, you know, we helped each other out, which I know not many people get to say, but so I'm really blessed to be able to, to say that. Yeah, that's amazing. I'm curious because you said your mother is an SLP. So how did she feel when you decided to go into the field? Yeah. So my passion didn't start until I was like a junior senior of my undergrad. So she was kind of unsure as well. Like, oh, do you really want to pursue this? Because grad school is like, you know, it's it's inevitable. But when I got into grad school, I think we all just knew like, okay, she's going to pursue it. You know, (laughs) she's committed. And I would talk to her about like my experiences and she, so she got her license and everything in New York. And it's very, I think it was, I mean, being California, it's more diverse and things like that. And things have, you know, evolved so much since then, like 20 years ago. So she was like, wow, like, you know, you get these experiences. I didn't get that. And she would share like the struggles and challenges that she went through. And I'm like, wow, that sounds like really tiring and, and, and crazy. But we still have that connection. And she like, you know, shares, she continues to share her stories of her clients and, a couple of days ago, we were looking through all her like old toys or speech therapy toys. I'm taking some to my CFY. So it's fun to be able to have that connection and for her and for us to just continue sharing about her experiences and her giving me advice and me sharing new info with her and things like that. 
That's amazing. I love it. Yeah. I love that you didn't automatically go, want to go into the field, even though that was what your mother was doing. <laughs> yeah. I mean, actually, I did like elementary school. I would tell people I was going to be an SOP. And I didn't really know like what it was. I just thought, you know, we would, I we teach you how to talk. That was like the best exclamation I had like a, as like a fifth grader. But yeah, it all led to to today, which is crazy. That's amazing. If you if you don't mind, what yeah. thoughts are going through your head as you're about to embark on your first job on your own? Like, I yes, know. You're gonna, yes, you're gonna have a CF mentor, yeah, like supervisor, but. It's not the same. We know I that. Know, so what's going through your head? Because I know people listening are, they're feeling it. They're going through it themselves. Yeah. Um, when I really think about it, I get super excited. Just recently, I started like, you know, looking into like different toys and, and kind of preparing, buying more materials and toys to, to use. And I think I'm just going in with not many expectations because I have zero idea how it's going to be. I mean, I will, like you said, I will have a mentor. I, you know, I'm familiar with the practice I'm going to be at. So I have also that with me. So I'm not going into this like with zero idea what's going on. So I at least have that piece that, you know, that I know is kind of what's going to happen, but still it's so exciting. I, I can't like process. I'm going to actually be getting paid too, which is so crazy. All my friends are like, we're going to get paid. It's, it's like, you know, because for two years, we've been just like, you know, getting experience, which I'm so grateful for. But it's just getting paid is just a cherry, uh, cherry on top. But yeah, I'm just excited. A little nervous, of course. But I try to have an open mind to growing and learning. So I'm just going to go into that same mentality that I had during grad school and just hope for the best and be open to feedback and things like that. And um, yeah. What are some games and things that you're looking at? I'm just curious. Oh, I love like pretend play things. When I interned there, there was a lot of early intervention. So we did lots of food, farm animals, and, you know, using uh, prepositions and things like that. So I'm trying to like, I'm looking at what I bought. I bought like some sensory stuff, some foods. I bought this like little bowl with like little sea animals and a little net, just like, you know, practice scooping in, out, up, down, things like that. Notice mm. how she's buying open-ended things that she can use for a variety of purposes yes, and not things yes. exclusively for specific goals. Just Oh, yes. Yes. Smart. I, all of my experiences kind of tied together and I was able to put together different pieces of like, oh, I can use this here. I can use that here. And and I'm just so grateful and blessed to have all the experiences for to prepare me. But yeah, whenever I see different toys, I'm like, oh, I can do this. I can target this. And, and a bunch of ideas pop in my brain yeah i'm really big on the pretend foods pretend toys and things like that do you have any strategies for those that are starting out and purchasing materials for themselves mm. for the first time on ways to do it about it so that they're not spending their entire paycheck that they didn't get yes. yet on stuff yes. i'm huge on deals like when amazon prime i was going crazy trying to find the best deals and things like that so i got also from my hand-me-downs from my mom. So I got some cool toys there too. But also there's a, so I'm in SoCal. There's a lot of, this is store, a store called Daiso. It's like a little Japanese store. Everything's like, it's known for everything to be like a dollar fifty. So I just got, I spent like $18 on like so many different toys. And I was so shocked at all the toys there. I never really went to the toy section, but that's where I got like the pretend food. Um, there's like pretend money. 
and like trucks and dinosaurs and all these different types. So I'm definitely going to be going there during my CFY. <laughs> and I'm literally periodically checking for any deals. Amazon has great deals and thrift stores, dollar store, things like that. So I say Goodwill, you know, thrift stores. Yes. Yes. Dollar Tree. Oh, yeah. Garage sales nearby. Oh, garage sales. Retiring teachers or like preschool pl- people like finding out they're like the people are retiring. They might have like yeah. a garage sale. Oh, I never thought about oh. that. Okay. That's okay. a good idea. And there's also like those buy, sell, swap groups also. Oh, on Facebook? Oh, on this, Facebook? This, on Facebook, Facebook yeah. Groups? Oh, yes. I joined a lot of Facebook groups recently. <laughs> yeah. Like I've seen even like in my local like mom's Facebook group, people like, mm-hmm. you know, I'm retiring or like a sale, like or curb alert, like, and it's like a, like, a, a toy house and it's like on it. Like, oh, really? Oh, yeah. Oh, I didn't know they do that. Uh-huh. I'll oh, keep yes. an eye out for those. Local mom groups. <laughs> okay. You never know. It's it's you never know who's like throwing stuff out, who's doing like some like, you know, organization right. and yeah. purging and especially like back to school. You know, kids are now out of the house. They might be. Yeah. So. <laughs> oh, okay. I'll definitely keep my eye out for those groups. Mm-hmm. Any way to just save a little bit to get a lot more. Oh, so. yes. Yes. I'm big on that. A lot of my friends are. <laughs> We're all big on that. <laughs> Any bit of advice for someone who is in grad school or just starting out and feeling just uncertain, a little imposter syndrome? Again, I would think about you made it this far. Not everyone gets into grad school. And the fact that you did make it, you're in this cohort, you're experiencing all these new things, which can be overwhelming, but it's really a blessing and an investment for your future. And yeah, I know it's a lot, but just trusting you're here for a reason and and to really embrace that. Take advantage of having community, having your professors if you need any help, having your supervisors at your placements for any advice and just, like you said, be a sponge. Try to like just grasp everything that you can. I hope that they have, a, that they're in a program where they're able to voice any concerns, any struggles that they're having with their professors and, and their supervisors and that they're able to accommodate to them and to support them in a in a way that they need i think that's the best case scenario i know not all programs are like that but then again i think the only thing that you control is yourself and your mindset we'll just having that growth mindset to try your best there's always going to be support if you need if it's like your uh, your classmates people on facebook groups professionals already in the field there's so many different outlooks nowadays which is great that you can just reach out to for any advice and encouragement. So yeah, just starting from within is is I was what I would advise. It's amazing. Thank you so much. And I'm so excited to watch Thanks. your journey on Instagram and see oh, as you start your job and what's going on. I can't wait. So where can everyone learn more about you and what is going on with you and your new role? I've been documenting my grad school journey on Instagram. And I've been sh- like, I just recently uh, started sharing like different uh, products that I use in grad school on Amazon storefront kind of thing. But yeah, I'm always open to talking and engaging with grad students or fellow CFYs. So yeah. And we'll have a link, we'll have a link to, uh, to your Instagram and everything okay. in the show notes and so not to worry. So everyone okay. listening. Got it. And if you are a veteran SLP, listen to this. Maybe you supervising a grad student. Just knowing what's going on in their minds and what they're going through is really helpful for us to be a better support system to them. 
let your grad students know to listen to this episode because they can get a lot out of it. So, yeah, and, and grad students tell your supervisors to listen. Hey. To me. <laughs> oh, yes. <laughs> Vice versa. Well, I always end my episodes with a joke, Michelle, because why not? How do you get a scientist to freshen her breath? I have no idea. What with is experiments. That's, that's a cute one. That's a cute one. Guys, every week I am here with the corny dad jokes. How do you yes. find all these? How do you find all these jokes? I Google funny all jokes for kids. Yeah. <laughs> I, have a, I have a website of like a, it's two hundred funny. Oh wow, jokes for kids. a lot of kids would like that one. And it's a great way to build that rapport when they first come in, yeah. especially in the schools. Like while you're waiting for students to show up, I always have like a yeah. joke of the week. It's a lot of language experiments, mints. What are you oh, seeing? Yes. Why is it funny? Everything is language. So it's, oh, yes. it's all tied with a bow. Oh, yes. <laughs> well, so thank true. you so much, Michelle, for joining us on thank this you, episode of SLP Coffee Talk. And until next week, everyone, stay out of trouble. Thanks so much for tuning in to another episode of SLP Coffee Talk. It means the world to me that you're tuning in each and every week and getting the jolt of inspiration you need. You can find all of the links and information mentioned in this episode at my website, speechtimefun.com. Don't forget to follow the show so you don't miss any future episodes. And while you're there, it would mean the world to me if you would take a few seconds and leave me an honest review. See you next week with another episode full of fun and inspiration from one SLP to another. Have fun, guys.